Life is always fair. I really enjoy repeating myself over and over again. I just love when the kids talk back to me. I don't care if you get a job this summer. I don't care if you get detention. Uh, I, I can't open this jar. See if mom can open it. Just take your time in there, okay? No means maybe. Ew, bacon. If you put a dent in the car, it's really no big deal. It's 10 a.m. Go back to bed. Stop signs are just a suggestion. You don't need a chaperone. You don't need a seatbelt. You don't need a savings account. Hey, when you're finished pouring that, can you just leave it out on the counter all day? Thanks. <laughs> Things dads never say. That's cute. Let's all stand together. As our online world joins with us, and let's recite to, together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Did they do a drawing again? Or is that just was it at the end here? All right. Big meat offering. <laughs> they have meat offerings in the Old Testament. <laughs> That's not a meat offering. It's your gift. We've got a whole bunch of meat, apparently. Some lucky father will win. It's exciting. <laughs> I plan to eat a bunch of meat this afternoon, even though I didn't win it, but looking forward to it none the same. Quick reminder how we do our offerings here at Celebration Church. On the uh, seat backs in front of you, you see little envelopes. You can use that to put in any checks or cash and put it in the buckets on the way out this morning. Many people uh, give online. If you consider Celebration your church, you really should go online and sign up for recurrent giving. Um, and uh, some people use their phones. You can go online to the Celebration Church app and give that way as well. As you heard in the announcements, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after, Jimmy Bratcher will be here. That'll be fun. We haven't seen Jimmy in a while. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a blues grooving Sunday. He's going to be playing. The band's going to be playing. It's really good looking. Guy's going to be playing the organ. It's going to be awesome. And uh, so why don't you come out for that? And then we're doing this bike blessing. Bring your Harleys, Yamahas, Suzukis, mopeds, whatever you got. And uh, we're going to do a blessing for the bikes after the service. But there'll only be one service that day. Just the 9 o'clock service. All y'all, 10.30 people, you need to come at 9 o'clock. You can do it. You will not die. I promise. Uh, the good news is then you got the rest of the day. That's why we're doing that. So you can have the full day to enjoy as we go into our 4th of July weekend. So we're looking forward to that. 
Uh, we are now on the uh, Christian calendar in the season of Pentecost. Some people refer to it as the season after Pentecost, but I consider it the season of Pentecost. We celebrate the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming and empowering our lives all this time. It's actually the longest part of the Christian calendar every year. The Christian calendar starts at Advent, Christmas time, uh, in December, end of November, December, and, uh, and then goes into uh, through Christmas and Epiphany and Lent and finally Holy Week, Easter Sunday morning, and we end with Pentecost Sunday, which we celebrated a couple of Sundays ago. But then the rest of the year is considered the season of Pentecost. Some Liturgical people call it ordinary time, but I hate that. It's not ordinary. There's nothing ordinary about it. If it's ordinary, you ain't doing this right. It should be super ordinary as God moves through us and in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning and hopefully answer some questions or maybe just create more questions, whatever. But what it means to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, this all becomes very mechanical, you know, we're here, God's a million miles away, you know, we do our little things that we do in worshiping God, but it's more than that. God actually shows up in the life of a Christian. If we're doing this right, it should be the presence of God, the power of God uh, should be showing up in our lives. Now, I want to read this to you. It's in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, the first verse, Paul's writing, he says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Interesting. He says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words. A lot of people have uh, interpreted this to say that Paul wasn't that great of a speaker. Uh, there's some other verses that kind of point to that as well. Uh, apparently, he wasn't really a gifted public speaker. I mean, everybody's got different gifts, right? Uh, he was highly educated, brilliant, and single-handedly wrote almost all the New Testament, um, and, uh, you know, very highly educated, fluent in multiple languages. But uh, whether or not he was a great speaker or not, he certainly makes this statement, I didn't try to be. It was not important to him to be very proficient in his public speaking. He says, uh, but uh, I came in a demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's sad today, quite frankly, over the last 150, 200 years of Christianity in particular, we've gotten further and further away from this and flipped it upside down. Many churches, today, particularly evangelical churches, don't really speak about the Holy Spirit much at all. The emphasis is about preaching. We are great preachers. We don't have much spirit, but we're great proclaimers. And we've created some of the great speakers from Billy Graham and others, multitude others who are dynamic, incredible public speakers. But it seems a little upside down to me. And I think that's fine. Let's have both. Let's not diminish the power of the Holy Spirit. We need both. Uh, and particularly in Paul's case, he says the main emphasis is the power of the Holy Spirit. We need that. God showing up and actually moving in people's lives, touching people's lives, and doing miracles in people's lives. He goes uh, a few chapters later, chapter 12, we read this. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Sadly, <laughs> the vast majority of people today are absolutely ignorant when it comes 
to spiritual gifts. They don't know much about it. Again, why? It's indicative of the fact that churches, unless you go to a very charismatic church, never talk about it and never encourage it. They never give space for it. So consequently, we're missing a big part of who the church should be. Worshiping the Father, worshiping and getting to know the Son, but also embracing the power of the Holy Spirit. It's God in presence. He's not here physically with us. He's here by his Spirit. And more than just feeling the presence of God, it's about experiencing God literally doing things in our lives. And he does this through gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, we all got to grow in these things. So I'm going to talk about some of these things. Don't expect everybody to have this figured out by the end of my sermon. Not a chance. Uh, but we want to start talking about it and emphasizing it and uh, encouraging people to explore and experience God. Uh, you know, we're all in different levels of faith. I mean, one of the things the Bible talks about is that when we worship God, it says we should lift our hands to God. Most of you here don't. Uh, but you got to grow in it. Say, well, I can't. Oddly enough, if I take you to Lambeau Field and we start doing the wave, you'll have no problem lifting your hands in praise to the green and gold. You know, you can do it. You just don't do it. I get it. No one's spanking you here, but it's encouraging you to grow in your faith and express worship to God. It might start small. You may be a little lifting hand this way, you know. Eventually, maybe half-mast, you know. And eventually, yeah, scratch your back, you know, and eventually get it up there. It's, it's okay. We're growing. We're all growing. But we want to grow in this area as well. And as Paul says, we're not supposed to be ignorant. Sadly, most of us are ignorant because of the diminishing emphasis on these things. And there's good reasons for it because the people, a lot of people who do emphasize these things tend to be crazy, then a cat in a bag, <laughs> you know, but you can experience God and spiritual gifts without being crazy. So Paul goes on trying to erase the ignorance and says, look, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. What he's trying to say is, look, just because it's different for different people, it's all part of the same thing. Okay, this is where God shows up in different ways through different individuals. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to one for the profit of all. The purpose of these gifts is to bless everybody, to encourage everybody in the church so they're strong in their faith. Uh, and then he starts to describe some of these gifts. He says, what is given the word of wisdom? What is the word of wisdom? This is when someone can speak and give advice in someone's life. And uh, it's not just normal advice. It's like the Spirit of God is speaking through them into your life. If you ever had this, it's really rather encouraging. Uh, if you were able to do it, I've done it uh, several times, but I could just tell. I'm talking to someone, and it's like, I don't even know where I'm getting this stuff from. And it's God literally speaking, and it's very cool. It's using you, speak through into someone's life. Um, Another gift is the word of knowledge. What is that? That's when someone can know something about you and you have no idea how they knew it. Which is kind of cool. It's not scary. It's very, very cool. Because a lot of times, how do we feel when we get discouraged? Nobody knows. God doesn't know what I'm going through. He has no idea. I'm all alone. I'm out on the distant shore all by myself. And then someone comes up to me and starts talking to you about something you're going through. And you're thinking, how 
in the world do they even know that? It's encouraging, right? It's the Spirit of God letting you know, hey, I know you're there. I know what you're going through. These kind of things are very powerful and encouraging things. Uh, other people have a gift of faith by the same Spirit. What, is that? what does that mean? Some people just, the Spirit of God will come on and they'll be able to pray with you and they have the faith that you're lacking, right? Sometimes when you're really struggling with stuff, it's hard to have faith. It really is because you're in the middle of all the failure. Everything's going wrong. You're surrounded by problems. Everything, you're, all you see is brick walls around you and someone else will come and they're just able to pray with you and break through that and they seem to have enough faith, not only for themselves, but for you. It's a gift of faith. How many could use that from time to time? I know I certainly can. Um, another one, the gifts of healing. What is that? As it says, <laughs> gifts of healing. They can pray for you and people will recover from sickness. And uh, we've all been sick from time to time. It's wonderful when you can pray and actually God touches you. And this can happen. Of course it can happen. Um, we don't have it enough because people don't even think about it. We live in ignorance and so we're not paying attention to what God can do. Um, to another working of miracles. Pretty cool. Another prophecy. Uh, what does that mean? Prophecy is when someone's able to speak into your life. In a sense, all of these are what is considered prophetic gifts. Uh, prophecy is very specific. You know, God's going to do this in your life kind of thing. Um, someone asked me, said, well, what's the difference between that and like going to a medium? You know, where they tell your fortune and, you know, they go into a trance and start speaking into your life. Uh, the difference is, it's kind of very similar and both can be encouraging at times. But the first is through the Spirit of God who always considers your best. The second is you're opening yourself up to all kinds of weird spirits and they have no interest in your personal well-being at all. They might even tell you positive things that are true and encouraging, but ultimately they want to see you destroyed because Satan hates people. And the real difference between this is when, the, uh, when there's ever a spirit or the devil works through someone, they try to go into trances and they pass out and they can't even remember what they said when they come to. That's how the devil works. He doesn't really care for people. He hates you. He hates me. He hates all people. When the Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't do that. He doesn't lock people unconscious and take over. That's one of the things that people struggle in this stuff because they think that's what's going to happen. Uh, no, no. Your eyes don't roll back in your head and you're out of it. You're all part of it and you're conscious. It's one of the reasons I, a lot of people struggle speaking in tongues. And so, they're, even if they're open to it, they're waiting for God to just knock them out. And, uh, you know, that doesn't work that way. You're actually involved, joining together with God in prayer. Uh, and it's a very, very cool thing. Again, something you got to learn. It takes a while to learn some of this stuff, right? Don't be impatient. Our grandson is spending time with us this week. He's nine months old. He's just starting to get the hang of things. All right? He figured out how to crawl. Now he takes off like a little cockroach. <laughs> Thank God for little girls. Our older granddaughter has been helping us. Uh, her job is to track him wherever he goes. <laughs> Otherwise, we got to do it, and it's exhausting. Apparently, it's a lot easier for an 11-year-old than those of us who are a little bit more advanced in age. But it takes a while. But I promise you, someday he will be a self-sufficient, intelligent man. It takes a while. Don't get discouraged at things. You can't figure out all these things at once. Uh, but if you're thinking, uh, no, he'll never be a man, and you never treat him as a man, and you baby him, 
uh, you get a version of a man, but it's not a very good version of a man, all right? Um, so, anyway, it, it takes a while. Uh, discerning of spirits. Someone can tell what's going in your life, if it's God or if it's the devil or an evil spirit speaking into your life. And they can call it out. They don't even know how they do it. They just, they can tell, you know. And by the way, all of these things are, um, and then he talks about speaking in tongues and stuff and that, uh, verse 11, but one and the same spirit works in all these things, distributing these gifts to each one individually as the Holy Spirit wills, as, as, as he desires, okay? It's like, uh, you know, the other night on Pentecost Sunday, we had, uh, you know, our Holy Spirit night. Four or 500 people were here. Everybody's getting prayed for. And guys were speaking into their lives. They had prophetic gifts. Some of you said, I came forward and prayed, but they didn't say anything really special. That's fine. You know, apparently, you're okay. <laughs> there was nothing to say. Uh, really unusual. Others, uh, they were speaking very dramatic words. And it's like, how did you know that about me? A lot of tears flowing that night. Uh, just... The Holy Spirit does, does these things as he wants to do them, okay? It's up to him to do these things. All right, I was making a point about something else, but I can't remember. Anyway, moving on. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually, okay? And God has appointed these in the church. This is what's supposed to be happening in the church. First apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles? Of course not. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? The point is, not everybody has all these gifts. But you want in a healthy congregation to see different gifts pop up as the Holy Spirit uh, moves. And he says, in verse 31, he says, earnestly desire the best gifts. While on the one hand, he says, it's as the Holy Spirit wills. On the other hand, there have to be people who are open to and desire these things. Let's say the Holy Spirit shows up right now and he wants to do a miracle in someone's life and he's looking for someone who that he can use because God loves to use people. He could ignore us and just do it on his own. He generally doesn't. He likes to work through people, but he can't find anyone who's even interested. What happens? No miracle. Right? Why don't we see more miracles in more churches? That's the problem. Most people... Uh, don't think about these things. They don't even want these things. They figure if God's going to do it, let him do it, you know. But uh, we need to be open to it and even desire these things so that when God wants to do something, he's drawn to someone who's open to these things and he can use them. Then he says, but I show a more excellent way. And then this is uh, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. If you've ever been to a wedding, you probably heard portions of the 13th chapter of Corinthians because it's all about love, the love chapter and they love quoting that. And what's Paul trying to say? He says, look, the most important part of this is you have to love people. You have to care about people. If you don't love and care about people, why is God going to use you to bless them? Makes sense, right? Becky shook her head. Okay, I got one confirmation there. <laughs> Woo! Now we're rocking, baby! <laughs> Thank you, Becky. You need a raise. All right, keep, keep going on. <laughs> she says, pursue love in verse chapter, the very next chapter. So it's good to have love. Again, if you don't love people and care about people, why are you going to, God's going to use you to bless them? It starts that. You have to really care about others. If you don't care about other people or other people highly irritate you, and there's people, 
you know, God bless them. There's some people that they just don't like people. It's not a slam. It's just, it is what it is. You know, I've met people. How many friends you got? One. Why don't you have more? Why would I? You know, they're just, they're just not into it. They're just not into it. They're probably not going to be used by God to bless other people. Why? They don't even like people. So that's a problem. So the next chapter, right after talking about all this love, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Again, I thought you said the Holy Spirit does it as he wills. Yeah, but you have to have an open heart to it and desire, especially that you may prophesy, which is these prophetic gifts where it's just all about other people. Um, then he talks a little, bit, a little about speaking in tongues. Actually, quite a bit. I've skipped over a lot of that. Uh, I will say verse 18. He says, uh, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. But when he's talking about tongues, he says, look, the purpose of speaking in tongues is to bless the individual. It doesn't help anybody else. It helps you, which is great. I need all the help I can get. It's like sticking your, plugging your phone in the wall and getting charged up again. How many of you could use a spiritual charge, charge from now and then? You know, this is what this is for. If you can and have spoken in tongues, let me encourage you to do more of it. Just take time. It will energize you and empower you so that you can do other things for the kingdom of God. All right, but uh, then he's at verse 29, and you can read all this on your whole time. There's a lot of stuff I'm skipping over. He talks about people who are prophetic. He says, let two or three prophets speak. And this interesting part, he says, and let the others judge. This becomes a problem sometimes because people who love to flow in prophetic gifts don't want anybody else to judge them. What does it mean? Judge not in a condemning way, but just to judge is what they're saying right on. Because sometimes it's not. Some, even if it's 90% of what you say is really the Spirit of God talking to you, there might be 10%. It's just not. Why does that happen? Because we're human beings. We're vessels of clay, jars of clay, okay? And sometimes uh, we're getting it right, and sometimes we just get it wrong. Anybody get anything wrong ever? Right? Where at times we do great, other times we just don't quite get it. So when someone starts speaking in these and speaking words into it, Others should be able to, particularly those older in the Lord, should be able to go, yeah, that's, that's really right on. Or that wasn't right. Uh, for example, if you feel the Lord has come over you and you come up to someone, you know, the Lord tell me you're, you're spending too much time at the uh, hair salon. And he wants me to let you know that, that you're just ugly. And uh, there's not a lot you can do about it. Uh, so don't, don't waste your time doing that. That's not encouraging, okay? How is this encouraging? It's, I hear something like that, I would judge it and go, no, apparently you just don't like her hairdo. Shut up and leave her alone, all right? And they don't like it. They don't like anyone judging them and pulling them back. But if you feel God is using, you have, here's the thing, stay humble, Stay humble. One of the problems I've seen in charismatic, because I was raised in charismatic churches. I know this stuff really, really well. And I've seen the extremes of it and why many don't want anything to do with it. But you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. All right, let's do it right and not be crazy. How about that? And, and not just push it all away. We need all of this in our lives. Uh, but a humility, you know, be humble. Uh, and don't announce the Lord told me to tell you, you know, zip it. Skippy, okay? You don't need to announce that because if the Lord told you, how can we argue with that? 
right? Well, God told me to say, don't talk like that. Just say, listen, I feel the Lord wants me to say this to you. Or I feel led of the Holy Spirit to uh, give advice in this, and, and you don't even know why. I don't know why, but I just, I don't really know you, but I really feel of the led of the Lord to say so. You don't even have to say, feel led of the Lord. Just say, I, I just want to encourage you and, and speak into their lives. You don't need to announce it. By announcing it, we get, this is where we get some of this arrogance. And if you're around people who are always saying, the Lord told me this, and just get away from them. You got to love them. We got to love everybody, right? But uh, that's, you don't need to do that. Stay humble, all right? Others, people can speak into your life. Verse 32, this is an important verse. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophet. In other words, you can control this stuff. It's, you know, sometimes these people who have these spirits, they just go off and, and they, they act like they can't control it. Of course you can control it. And one guy once, he was, praying, going on and on. And I said, listen, man, we don't have this much time for this sort of stuff. And he got all upset. And I looked at him and said, hey, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And he goes, oh, you got me there. You know, but they don't like that. They, they just want to go off and they just have their own interpretations and nobody else can judge their behavior. No, 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 no. Mark, you don't play that game. All right. If you're going to do it here where I'm around, we're going to do it in a way that is under control for God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints we can control what is happening spiritually again not like the devil or dark spirits they have no control they're all out of control when they're doing some of these things that doesn't happen for Christians and for us our challenge is to learn how do I being completely sober and conscious yet at the same time yield to God and let God use me to bless someone or, or to say someone or to pray for someone in a certain way, okay? But all of it starts with this thing about desire. Desire spiritual gifts. Let, let's let God use us. Step out in faith. Uh, by the way, a lot of people, when we have a spiritual night like that, they say, oh, this is awesome. We should do this more often. Okay, but understand this. You don't need a stage to do this. You don't need a band playing to do this. It's kind of cool, but that's not necessary. The Holy Spirit is going, man, I really want to bless that guy, but I need a band. That's not what he's thinking, okay? God can use you, you know, especially one-on-one -on -one time with other people or in a Bible study or maybe home groups, you know, small groups and stuff. You're taking the time to pray together and stuff, and maybe then you're, you're sensing God wants you to say something, encourage something. Do that. Step out. Let God use you. Desire these things and grow in faith. Study about them, again, on your own time. Nobody expects you to understand this all in one sermon, and there will not be a quiz afterwards, all right? Just trying to encourage you, let's experience God. You don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't understand this fear of the Holy Spirit. Well, the fear is I don't want to be weird and out of control. Well, you're not going to be out of control. If you're out of control, you're plugged into the wrong spirit, right? Let's experience God. Let's grow in faith. And again, it takes a while. The more we encourage us, the more we'll start seeing it. What really should happen, uh, Paul says this when you read it on your own. He says, listen, things like speaking in tongues, it's just for the individual. He says, if some unbeliever comes into church and you're all speaking in tongues, he's going to think you're all crazy and leave, all right? So that's not the benefit. He says, but you, they come in where God is moving and touching people's lives, people being healed, 
touch, encourage, that has a huge impact on people. Uh, and people will respond to it. Unbelievers will respond to it. The celebration church should be the kind of church we come into, we celebrate the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the thing that should mark our gatherings is God is here. God is here, and he's touching people's lives. They're happy about it. They're catching up. Okay. All right. So, anyway, that's the encouragement this morning. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Let's uh, turn to our time of communion, ask our ushers to go get ready to serve this morning. This is when we turn our attention to what all of this is about. Jesus Christ died on that cross 2,000 years ago for the sins of the world. The Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He said his body was broken so we could be made whole. His blood was shed so he could wash away our sins. But the Bible says before we do this, we should pause and reflect on ourselves. So we're in a good place when we take communion. The Bible actually warns us, if you don't do this and you're not doing this in a good way, you won't get a blessing. you actually get a curse. I don't want anybody to curse this morning. Let's bow our heads and let's reflect as I pray a prayer of forgiveness over all of us. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we have sinned against you in any way, thought, word, or deed, by what we've done, by what we've left undone, if we haven't loved you, and we haven't loved others as we love ourselves, for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, we pray, have mercy on us and forgive us of all of our sins. And maybe you're here this morning and you think, man, I don't, I don't know any of the stuff you're talking about. I don't even know God in my life. You can this morning. This is very simple. In your own words, just ask Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. See what happens. God shows up. He starts to do miracles in your heart. And you can start to experience the kind of stuff we're talking about today. God is alive and real and powerful. All you have to do is to respond to him by faith. Amen.